This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. You know, I wonder if the podcast wouldn't be better served by something like a a jazzy intro that's kind of muted instead of this kind of funk alt pop intro. There's a lot of energy there that I don't think uh I don't think I'm prepared to match. Not after all these losses. There is a G League affiliate for the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Raptors didn't actually lose to that team, but just to be like tongue in cheek, the Raptors have lost to the OKC Blue. <laughs> and my goodness, this is the Raptors Reaction podcast. You're here to hear about it. I'm here to talk about it. 113 to 103. Gary Trent Jr. kind of goes off in this game. 31 points. It's a season high. The Raptors. If you want to know the, a singular reason that you could point to as to why they lost, they got out-rebounded 64 to 35. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, wow, that seems like a lot. It is. It's a lot of extra possessions to give a team and a lot of... Oh, just a lot of misses. And so here's the thing. The Raptors out-rebounded 64-35. Yep. They play Baines 21 minutes. He gets two rebounds. And you're asking OG and Pascal Siakam, basically, and Chris Boucher, to battle the biggest players on the other team night in and night out. And there's no reprieve. It isn't like a funky little thing that they're doing every once in a while. It's not like oh my God, the Raptors are going small for a game and OG punches above his weight or something like that and attacks the low half of the body of a big man and tries to beat him with his center of gravity. It's every single game that these guys have to battle like this. And it's not a playoff series either. So I think there's probably a lot of fatigue that's involved in that. And I, man, far be it from me to say, oh, you got to try a little bit harder. I think they're gassed, man. And understandably so. It's tough to battle with guys like Moses Brown, who I think over the past six games is averaging 15 rebounds per game. He had a game this rec- this past week where he had 23 rebounds. And I think he's eclipsed 20 twice this year. He gets on the glass and he you'll feel him in there. He's a very large presence, seven foot one. And asking guys to just battle him all night, 
It makes sense when he grabs nearly double-digit offensive rebounds. And the the okay, the okay Thunder, they don't have a ton of talent on the wings right now, especially with Lou Dort and Shea Gilgis-Alexander out. They're, they're missing two of their big offensive creators, obviously Shea, uh, a way bigger amount. But you just have these big athletic guys who are coming in to crash the glass instead of create on ball. And there you go. The Raptors are just on the outset of this game preparing to be bullied somewhat. And no matter the compete level, you give up that many extra possessions, it, you're going to be in hot water, especially since these aren't just long rebounds. You're giving up extra possessions to the other team that start very nearly under the bucket, and those guys are big. They're huge. They're going to put it back in. There wasn't a whole bunch of offense produced or manufactured for Moses Brown, but he got 20 points because of proximity. That makes sense. And so when the Raptors are like, oh my God, we have to adjust. Let's get down low. Let's carve out some space. Maybe we need two guys to kind of move the ball away from them. Then a guy like Svi Mikhailuk is just banging it from downtown. Four of eight. Really smart off ball cutting. Finding creases in the Raptors defense to make plays. And when you're at that type of physical disadvantage, while members of your team are also recovering from COVID, the grind of the NBA season maybe hits a little bit harder. You're, and you're also in Tampa Bay. They weren't in this game. They were in Oklahoma City. But I think it, it still tracks. The Raptors are up against it. But as I said last, last podcast is that I'm going to try and do a little bit more of a look into the Raptors' younger players. And obviously Pascal and Fred are included in that. But just to see how players are coming along, it's important to note Kyle Lowry missed this game and that Rodney Hood started didn't start the game, but started a stint and injured his hip that appears to be not in a good place. Stanley Johnson also had an injury in this game left, but apparently apparently he's doing just fine. So uh, that's good. Very glad to have players not injured. Kyle Lowry's infection per Nick Nurse is not responding well. The infection in his foot. So who's to say? But there's, yeah, there's a malaise in this game. And so... I really feel for the guys coming back from COVID and hope that there's no long-term effects, and it's tough. I, I do not envy their position. The uh, the post-game stuff, the guys are downtrodden to a very high degree, and and for good reason. So, But anyway, let's talk about the, the positives. We'll start with OG and Gary Trent Jr., since they have a burgeoning friendship. Uh, so that's cool. You always like when guys get along. Friendships with each other should be something that are cherished in these tough times where you have to band together while the team is losing. And yeah, apparently they've, they've hit it off. A couple guys who uh, love the fashion game, big on, and, and they both wear short shorts. The appropriate length of short for men, I will say. I am very pro short shorts. Okay, but Gary Trent Jr., way more stuff on ball in this game than any game so far. Buoyed, obviously, by his ability to shoot, and so he was kind of a heat pump early on. I think he had 20 points almost in the first quarter. And so what we're seeing with him is, like I've talked about before, a lot of flare sets, dribble handoffs, a couple pick and rolls, actually. So that's really cool to see. And his his handle is nice. He's got a pretty tight handle. He's got a little bit of a wiggle going to his left. Going to his right, there's not a ton going on there. He's pretty stiff. But that sweeping right-to-left crossover is is pretty nice if he if he's comfortable with it, and it gets into a shooting pocket pretty quickly too. So he has not a bailout, but a counter if he runs a pick and roll or a dribble handoff and gets downhill. 
He's very, very comfortable. If the defender comes up and he doesn't think he can turn the corner, which he often doesn't, he's pretty comfortable that right to left crossover into the pull up. And he's pretty good on those in this game, spotting up off ball. Really like to see it as well. He forms up quite well and he makes intelligent cuts. Like it's, it's not everything. And there's small things that players are always doing on the court that are maybe a little bit too minute to pick up if you're watching the whole team game. But you just watch as Pascal had an ISO on the right wing and Trent noticed it and wasn't, nobody told him to do this, but he cut to empty out the side for Pascal and aligned himself as a shooter on the opposite side. And it's just small things like that and things he probably picked up playing next to Damian Lillard is like when you play next to a star, you have to grease the wheels. You have to try and create space with your own movement, not just for yourself, for your own opportunities, but for them. Stuff like that. The shooting was a huge bonus and a couple floaters. One was going to his right, one was going to his left. That's nice to see. The scoop layup that Evan Gualberto has told me that he loves so much, it did make an appearance. And uh, it was an air ball. He really slammed it off the backboard. And it's it's something you see from a lot of people who aren't very strong with their, their opposite hand, not very ambidextrous, is that they have that leaning, they, their back is almost to the defender, their back is almost to the rim, and they still extend with their right arm. And there's not a lot of control of how fast the ball is going to come off your hand when you do that. So it can come off the, the backboard with a lot of steam, which it did. But as far as just scoring in this game, there, there was some nice stuff. The downhill decision-making wasn't complicated, but it was effective in this game. So Gary Trent, well done. Good shooting. 31 points. Very impressive. OG, within I think the first five run plays of this game, he had a dribble handoff and two pick and roll possessions. I like that a lot. And a pin down, mind you. More OG on ball, despite it having... Minimal success. I still like it because there's very clearly a lot of physical attributes that he has that benefit him as opposed to the defender when he gets downhill. He still has to work on how he attacks off of screens and stuff like that. Like the pin down, he took a really wide route and you have to hit your speed at the right time. So whereas OG might be taking that burst step, not first step, the step where he bursts into the pass, into the ball on a pin down, he might be stepping with a lot of speed out, not downhill. And it depends on how your defender's playing you. If they're going under the screen, maybe you do do that because you think you can get like a, an open three-point look. But if they're trailing you, typically you don't want to take the wide route. So you want to hit your speed burst after you plant your left foot, presumably if you're you know a, a right-handed player. You want to plant that left foot and then burst either as you're getting the ball or if the ball is hitting you in your pocket as you burst into the space. And OG is coming out pretty wide on the pin down, so something to look for. His dribble is not super impressive. It, it never has been. It probably never will be. It just has to be able to stay with him as he conveys himself from place to place on the court. And we're still looking for a little bit tighter handle in the pick and roll stuff and just a bit more clinical nature when he's doing that stuff. He's still very... Like everything is improvisation on the basketball court to some degree, but it's kind of just like throwing stuff out there and seeing what happens. And there's value in that. But in this game, he was more successful in the spot up type of stuff and cutting off ball. And most of the off ball stuff was what was working in this game. But I was still happy to see him try and progress on ball. 
I'm sure he'll be doing loads and loads of that in the summer. So that was nice to see. Malachi Flynn. Okay. Malachi continues to impress me with his team defense. I think he's really, really intelligent on that end of the floor. It seems to be quite intuitive with him. And so when the Raptors are throwing two guys at the ball on the strong side, if there's somebody on the weak side, and it's not always evident, I don't think, because in a moving defense, there can be two guys in the exact same spot, but one guy has to go to the weak side corner and guard the guy in the corner, and you have to make that decision. Malachi Flynn is a player who is making the decisions, and it's way more important to be proactive and have the guy who's next to you take a step in the wrong direction just for a second than to wait because the chance that you both wait is really bad. You don't want two guys in the same spot. You want to be proactive at all times and eventually get used to each other. That stuff shakes out. But when everybody's proactive, it's a lot better. And Malachi Flynn, proactive defender. And also I thought his screen navigation on the, like at the point of attack, pretty good. Uh, He can get around those staggered screens pretty well and still maintain, I think, an ability to cover if the player is trying to pull up and he can chase and get back into the play if the if the guy on ball goes downhill. Tail Maladon, uh, they had a couple minutes matched up against each other and I was pretty happy with how it went, to be quite honest. So Malachi, defensively, that's where he's at his best in the NBA right now, as crazy as it sounds. It's something to keep an eye on with his offensive production and how he's going to develop going forward. The Raptors weren't particularly good with him on the floor. And, you know, that speaks to, you know, they're used to Fred Van Vliet, who's going to come in and run the offense. And the defensive pop that he brings is he had five steals and, and four blocks in this game. It's it's a really big defensive pop. And going from him to Malachi is like a big change. But Malachi, he, he'll keep working in the pick and roll. The shot making wasn't there tonight. But you can clearly see he's finding advantages it's just rookies. They don't take advantage of those situations at as high a level as a lot of other players on the team. And so here you go. That's the situation. Malachi Flynn, though, uh, pretty happy with what he did. It, it needs to be better going forward, but I'm assuming that with more reps, that's something we'll see. Fred, Pascal, hmm, I think it's just tough for them right now. They're both such talented players. And you see Pascal in the second half take like, Two shots. He was two of nine from the floor in this game. And it's just, it's a heavy burden. Now, I've seen other people report it, so I'm fine saying it. But Pascal, Fred just confirmed that Pascal and OG both had COVID. And in that quote, he was saying that they're hitting the conditioning wall at the same time. And so that's why you're seeing highs and lows in the play, which makes a lot of sense because Pascal said he lost like 10 to 15 pounds during his quarantine. That's a lot of weight, and it's just a changing body. And OG, they're having him as you know as big as he is for his position, battle against these huge guys on the court every single night in and night out. And so it makes sense that there would be these highs and lows, with especially with Pascal, it's maybe most noticeable when Fred had the one game where he had a lot of trouble. But it's uh, it's tough. It's a tough thing to go out there and be trying to recover from something that affects your how your respiratory system works and that for some people the the effects are even far more wide ranging and some people don't even recover properly. So when I see that and I see that Pascal had a tough game and he even though he applied the best rim pressure he could, the Raptors 
you know, without him there, they're still so reliant on the three-point shot. And so it's just a lot of pressure on him to create going downhill and take that punishment going downhill. The guys who are digging in and swiping at the ball that never gets called, not just for Siakam, but not for a lot of players in the NBA and the bumps he has to take to try and get to the rim and post-ups and as a screener as well. And then defensively, he just covers all ends of the court. So it's it's tough. I uh, I don't I don't feel upset at either of them. There's there's a compete level that they both attempt to meet, but these games losing to a team with three second rounders and two undrafted players in their starting lineup, and they're not even playing Shea Gilgis Alexander or Lou Dort or Al Horford, and they the Thunder tonight were a bad team, and the Raptors were worse, and that does not signal good things about the team. But I empathize with the players who are going through it and going through a very tough stretch personally for themselves. So it's uh, Fred and Pascal. I don't feel like we learned anything new in this game. They, they flashed what they could. They did what they could. But the Raptors overall struggle. OG, Trent Jr., Flynn, especially Trent Jr. and OG, I think they show us quite a bit. Flynn, you know, he did his thing. But the Raptors, their bench is still not great. And not great is like almost a compliment at this point. They have a bad bench and it's costing them in every single game. But that's uh, that's how I feel about it. But the Reggie Evans Award, I'm giving it to Fred Van Vliet. Man, five, five steals and four blocks for a guy his size is so crazy. And this also tidbit comes from uh, Evan Gualberto. But he said that Jamal Tinsley is the only other guard who has recorded a five by five. And that's really cool. That's impressive. I think Fred would, maybe not for this game where he got so close, but typically he's been lobbying that those blocks are actually converted to steals because they're usually on like dig downs or swipes of players who are going up on shots. And it's not like he's blocking them at the apex. He's The ball is around like their, from their knee to below their shoulders. It's, it's within the body. So it's, it always seems like more of a steal. And I understand why he wants that, because he would probably have like a historic steel season if uh, they were marking it that way, which they should be. That's a that's a proper gripe that Fred has. But yeah, anyway, uh, Fred, Reggie Evans Award. Top quick reaction comment is from Martin. Quote, great game by Trent. He's in losing culture, but he's given more freedom to shoot a lot more. Great for his development. End quote. Yeah, I can't speak to the culture of the Raptors or whether it's losing. I really highly doubt that, but they're losing games. That doesn't say they have a losing culture, I don't think. I don't I think that those two things can be separate, definitely. And like the Spurs are back to winning basketball after, you know, having a tough year last year and it's culture can transcend one losing season. And the Raptors have been doing a really good job of winning a lot of games for a long time now. So, I think they bounce back next year, but uh he he's going to be able to shoot a lot and that's good because he has a nice jumper and the variation of how he gets it off, the versatility of shots that he can get. I'm excited to see what that looks like and just how efficient and how potent and dangerous he can get. But yeah, Martin, thanks for writing in. Listener, thank you for tuning in. But whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.